0: On Thursday, January the 16th, the Maryland Hospital Association held its annual legislative breakfast at the Maryland Inn in Annapolis. Laurie Franklin is the Director of Government Relations and Managed Care of St. Agnes Hospital. She joins me now. Good morning again. We are at the Maryland Inn in Annapolis, Maryland, and we are at the Maryland Hospital Association's annual legislative briefing with me now is Lori Franklin, and Lori, you are from St. Saint Ag- Saint Agnes Healthcare.
1: So I am the uh, director of both government relations and managed care, so payer relations. So I also cool. handle the insurance side of the house.
0: And St. Agnes is in Baltimore. Yes. Okay, and so to- I am fascinated by... The different regional approaches to healthcare It's pretty much the same, but in a, where I grew up in Western Maryland, in Hagerstown, yeah. uh, they are, um, we had one hospital. Mm-hmm. We had, we knew, in fact, the hospital that I was born at demolished, no longer there, but they built a brand new hospital in the Merida system, so I'm, we're very lucky. Tell me a little bit about your hospital and some of the the challenges, and maybe what differentiates your hospital from other regional hospitals.
1: Sure. Um, so Saint Agnes has been um, was one of the first hospitals in Baltimore. Uh, we're about 150 years old, and it was started by the Daughters of Charity. Um, so we're a Catholic um, hospital with a uh, with a mission to help the underserved and the poor and the vulnerable. And we're right at the corner. So we're in an interesting spot. So we we are we are literally, the the front end of our hospital resides in West Baltimore, which a lot of us have been talking about in terms of the challenges that West Baltimore presents. And the back side of the hospital is on the Baltimore County side um, in the city of Catonsville. So it's a very interesting um, dynamic. We have a very diverse population that we serve. So we have both urban and um, uh, kind of a suburban community and um, very diverse in um, ethnicity in income levels (laughs) um, and all of those good things. So I think um, we've been around a very long time um, and in terms of community activities and the things that we do, um, we recently went through a community health needs assessment um, activity uh, which is Interviewing community uh, communities, um, organizations, uh, people within the community to talk about what their priorities are, the barriers that they're experiencing. Um, as you know, Maryland hospitals are on this path of really trying to transform and um, not just be the four walls, but really reaching out to the community and addressing the needs that are barriers to healthcare care or just the healthcare needs a- as a whole. So, this, um, within the last couple of years, we have developed a community branch that's called the Health Institute. And uh, we do community outreach, we do uh, community program development. So, we do things like, I mean, we do, there's so much that we do. Um, we are doing things like Care in the Gap. So, there is a new program that is assisting and providing um, home health care that is not necessarily covered. Um, personal aid care that is not covered under insurance for um, patients that are being released from the hospital. Um, We are providing kind of home health care to prevent recidivism for them for coming back. Do you see, and that's
0: fascinating... Uh, a topic about how hospitals recently have been moving towards developing their own home care programs yep. instead of sectioning them out to or referring from case management or sure. from social workers to maybe an agency like uh, Visiting Angels or Home Call or whatnot. Hospitals are doing this innovative approach where they're, they're developing their own agencies. Everything is internal, right? right? And so, it, do you find that to be working?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it depends on what it is. I think our community partners are extremely important. Um, so to your point, um, those that have the expertise in mm-hmm. home health care, I think where the hospitals are trying to fill the gap, at least for us, is in an area where traditionally payers do not pay for the services. So home health care agencies, we can call on. We do have relationships, very solid partners in our community, home health agencies that we repeatedly go to that provide excellent care. But there are some gaps in care that are not covered by traditional payers that are causing patients to not be in their homes and having to come back to the hospital. And so for us, that's sort of our focus. Our focus is to figure out, where are the gaps, and then try to provide something to fill that gap. Um, and they're not something that is traditionally handled by a traditional kind of, you know, um, provider or, or, or those types of things. So that's one of the things we're working on.
0: So in your role, I, I assume, <laughs> do you work with, uh, do you work more on the the, the, the technical side? Uh, or uh, explain your position. <laughs> so so my forgive position my is, ignorance. No, no,
1: my position is, 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 is unique. So Um, A lot of my counterparts um, are either um, strictly focused on advocacy work, um, which obviously is um, uh, advocacy can incorporate a whole lot of things. And and for for me um, and for our organization, obviously, there are priorities as a hospital. Um, that we, uh, or, or uh, whether it be things that are very important to us, I think you may have heard some of the priorities from the hospital association, This, this um, in terms of making sure that funding and access to care and those things and those programs that we're doing are funded. So right. that's part of the advocacy work. I think for my organization, there is a, um, because of the Catholic mission, there is also um, interest in things like human trafficking. Um, social justice types issues, um, end-of-life issues, um, those things that are important uh, to the Catholic Church. And so um, my role is is really just to represent the organization as it relates to that and to talk to um, legislators, to talk to community advocates or, or community organizations about the things that we need and the things that we're working on. The other part of my position is really a payer um, interaction, um, So I'm responsible for um, the contractual relationships, the negotiations and those types of things that happen between our healthcare systems and insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I have a role um, there. So the other piece of our healthcare system obviously is the physician side of the house. That's right. Um, we have employed doctors. And so they themselves are in a, a, a process of transitioning. There is this whole move from fee for service to, um, value-based care. Um, and so I'm very involved in transformative activities that are happening, happening within our physician organization as they look to really provide integrative services, um, take care of the whole person instead of being what I think traditionally we've been known for, which is kind of episodic care, right? You come in, um, the doctor looks at you for that one thing and doesn't necessarily look at the full picture of what might be going on with you. And I think, um, Healthcare is in order for the in, in order for us to see reductions in cost, we when you come into the doors, we have to look at you as a whole human being, not just what you came in for. We need to be looking at um, in your records to really take a look at and examine and pull in multiple disciplinary teams to really address whatever it is that is going on as a whole so that you can be healthy. And so that's um, part of Part of my work on a daily basis
0: you heard from several legislators today yep. what was the takeaway from today's briefing for you
1: um, I, I thought the briefing was really good and I think um, we have a number of challenges as the hospital as a hospital industry that we'll be up against um, but what I think I heard was that they are supportive of us um, and that they're willing to work with us I think uh, uh, what is unique um, about local politics, state politics, is the ability to really sit down um, with proponents of the bill um, and, and sit and try to work through solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ultimately we, uh, we want what's best for Marylanders um, uh, while being able, obviously, to be able to provide that care. And there's a fine balance between... Um, uh, what's being proposed, and 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 how do we find that balance? And I think what I heard is just their willingness to work with us.
0: And your key pieces of legislation. What are you following closely during this Annapolis session?
1: Well, I think I'm following a lot of what MHA is following. So there's so I I I have um, we are following obviously the medical bill and debt collections um, bills. Hmm. What um, what
0: is so I'm unfamiliar with that legislation. Mm-hmm. Tell can you unwind that a bit?
1: Sure. Um, so there's concerns rightfully so, um, that um, uh, Marylanders are having to uh, deal with debt collection practices from hospitals um, that is causing, causing them kind of additional grief, right? You're, you're already sick, you get a bill, and now the hospital is attempting to collect uh, for, for your portion of the services. Um, and I think as an industry, we recognize that there has been a huge increase in high-deductible health plans, and so a lot of people, um, unknowingly, when they get sick, they have this huge bill because their coverage hasn't kicked in yet. Um, and so um, I, I think we're sympathetic to that. That I th-
0: can be scary for a family. It's very
1: scary, right? I,
0: I mean, imagine Absolutely. A, a family of four and m- mom or dad gets sick for any unknown reason. Absolutely. Go into the hospital and yep. then they might go into skilled care and all of a sudden they have a $25,000 bill. bill. Absolutely. So what do you do? Right. I, I mean, that's we're talking about bankruptcy in some cases so sure that's important legislation yeah
1: it's important legislation and i think um i think the hospital industry um very much because of our unique payment structure and those types of things i think we are really looking at um how do we work with those that are are proposing the bill how do we do it better right right and and um i don't think any organization um i know my organization in particular would never want to um cause a family additional grief right. um, behind, behind that. So, um, that would be one of them. Um, obviously we are, um, the other piece of legislation that they did mention, um, that Will Smith mentioned is the end of life act. Yeah. Um, and as a Catholic organization, that is something, um, physician assisted suicide yes. is a very tough topic. I know it's an emotional topic.
0: Can you take a position on that? Absolutely. And what is your position? So I uh,
1: we we believe in the sanctity of life, and okay. um and so, did, it,
0: and so it just and yep. let me follow up on that. Yep. what does that? Honestly, I've heard that many times. Sure, it means that phrase in particular yep. means many different things to many different people. Sure, I'm Catholic. Yep, I know what it means. Yep, I get it. Okay, <laughs> yes, right, born, raised Catholic family. <laughs> Absolutely, grandma would know exactly what that Absolutely. means. But people who aren't from that 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 same perspective, sure. What does the – believing in the sanctity of life, does that mean you wouldn't support that legislation? That would be correct. Okay. Yeah. Is there there any foreseeable circumstance where you can imagine yourself having um, a conversation with the proponents of that bill Mm -hmm. to say, look, we may not meet you. We're not going to go the full distance of allowing someone to decide when it's time to – effectively in their life through a series of regulations, of course. But sure. is there any wiggle room for your organization to meet you, uh, you know, at least halfway to at least understand the argument?
1: I think we understand the argument. I think we just don't agree with it. You right. know, I, I, think, I think that's what it amounts to. I think we perfectly understand the arg- argument. Um, We're in the bis- business of um, providing health care. And in, and in some instances, it is... The 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 medicine piece um, is no longer working, and then our role is to make sure that someone's transitions as comfortably and humanely as possible. And and I think our 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 providers deal with that, you know, every single day.
0: Is the alternative maybe would the alternative perhaps instead of the end of life mm. legislation? I always think. About hospice. Absolutely, and that
1: is what we support. uh,
0: There's not a person who I don't know who hasn't had some personal relationship with hospice, some tangential relationship with hospice. Uh, uh, For me, uh, my father-in-law passed away last year in January in Florida, and he passed away um, at 74 years old from brain cancer. Mm -hmm. And the six-person hospice... Uh, community that he went to to for his final for his final days. Uh, it's 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 even emotional to talk about because Absolutely. of how important hospice is to Absolutely. the overall healthcare paradigm, and it is the final uh, the final uh, time or the final administering of care, and it's palliative. It's yep, not it's something. Palliative. It's it's Absolutely. certainly not going to. To, to be uh, to treat any illness it's making the person feel most comfortable absolutely how do we strengthen that
1: oh that's a really good question well I think part of strengthening it is not doing legislation that is opposed to that because to me what the legislation says is that that solution is not sufficient enough um, for somebody to transition that allowing them to take their, their life is right. what is sufficient enough and so I think Part of it is we need to just between Hippocratic oaths, which I think I, I think it's very interesting because I think that type of legislation puts a physician in a very interesting
0: position because. Do you think that it would essentially for a physician, um, a, a geriatrician, or someone managing that end of life care, does that put them in a predicament to say I've have t- taken an oath to do no harm? Correct. I've taken this oath and it, and it means something. Right. However, on the flip side if someone is just in immense pain and they can... You obviously understand the argument Absolutely. that they say, but it's my body, it's my life. I sure. want to make this decision. Sure. It's I'm ready to go and I have embraced every aspect of my spirituality. I've, I've come to closure with my family, but I just can't manage this pain any longer. Yeah. And I think that there's... It's such a compelling point on both sides, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a very difficult subject, right? It, right? Is. it, it, it is. And it's, handling it's a, it with and sensitivity. It's an, emo- an emotional subject, and, exactly. and we get it. And, right.
0: and I think that approaching this from all sides, I think people having this conversation can can reasonably agree with one another that it's, it's, it's a very touchy subject, and we have to talk about it in, in a way that is intelligent, that is honest, Absolutely. and that is transparent and considers all sides. Yeah. and. For me to tell you, I don't know the right answer, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know the yeah. right answer. Yeah. I, I, I haven't, I, I, have convictions. Growing up Catholic, look, we have the <laughs> Catholic guilt, I, but I have to tell you, if if that were me, I don't know where I would, you know, if that were my grandfather, if that were my grand, my mother, uh, how, it, it's just tough. Yeah, Laurie. A, it and, is, it's a but tough. But I appreciate subject. that position, and yeah. I, like I said, I don't know the right answer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think. I think one thing, obviously, um, I think one of the things that makes my job easy, <laughs> to some degree, is um, uh, uh, from in terms of representing um, Ascension, is that there is a clear code of ethics yeah. for what we do, and so um, and it's
0: so strong. And I know every so strong, right? every so, medical professional yeah. that I've ever talked to are so strictly adherent to these ethics and that's what gives me that what can me comfort when you walk into a hospital right you know you're going to be taking care of some of the best physicians ER doctors nurses mm-hmm. and they're, they're all on board and I, I, I just truly admire the healthcare community. community
1: yeah. well I, I think, and
0: you too I mean for all the work you. you are doing
1: absolutely I mean I think I'm I'm a very mission driven person and um uh Helping people. So, you know, when you're talking about getting into healthcare, I think that's it. I think it was just, it's about helping people. And it's helping people at their most vulnerable. Yeah.
0: How'd you jump into this?
1: So, um, gosh, early on, um, I actually was on the insurance side. Uh I just sort of, you know, it's uh, coming out of school, um, I ended up in the insurance industry. Um, Through my journey, though, um, when you find out more about yourself, I think as a person, what I love about being on the side of those that are actually touching the lives um, is that that's closer to my heart in terms of what I'm all about just as a human being. Um, and so um, I, I, I love working for and on, on the behalf of those that are providing the care um, those that are helping people at the time in their lives that so they're the most vulnerable. We've all been sick and we all know how it feels to some degree, right? Yeah. Even if it's just a head cold <laughs> <laughs> and just needing someone. To, it's like, could someone just bring me some orange juice so I could be in the bed? But but, but the people um, protecting, protecting that and protecting... Um, um, those people that we care about and those people that we serve, I think, is just um, an awesome way to spend my day.
0: Laurie Franklin from Saint Agnes Healthcare, thank you for coming thank you. on. I hope you enjoy Annapolis today. Are you going <laughs> to be around?
1: I uh, unfortunately, I actually have to drive into D.C. Oh, so I have well. a, I have some meetings into D.C. But I love um, Annapolis. is probably <laughs> the most favorite city that I have in. In Maryland, and I love coming down here even when I'm not working. It's a
0: cool city. It is a
1: cool city, yeah. um, beautiful, historic, and the sun is out. Everyone, um, so, not for long though. Um, well, we're, we're going to enjoy the sun um, in, for for while it, for amen. while it's here. Lori, thank you. Thank, thank you, have you so much. Have a great day already.